0: Thanks for tuning to Digital Voices Podcast, where we
1: chat digital transformation, challenges, and opportunities across healthcare and life sciences. And now, your host, Ed Marks. Today, we're talking external voices for digital transformation. As you know, while we are all about what's happening with digital transformation from a payer, provider, health, life sciences, med tech, point of view we know we have a lot to learn from other industries so every few episodes we kind of sneak something in there and today we're going to talk to music industry so i'm really really excited for multiple reasons our guest today is austin sean and you're going to think i'm all about nepotism and it's partially true so many of our guests have been people related to me i can't help myself but they bring in a lot of great perspective outside of healthcare. And so today is my youngest son. So I have five kids. I have three boys. I say men. Three men, two ladies. And my youngest son is Austin Sean. And he's the producer extraordinaire in music. I'm not going to say much more than that because I'm going to let him tell his own story. But Austin, what's your favorite music?
0: Well, um, I grew up listening to, um, it's funny, like, um, I grew up listening to rock and roll music. But it's like modern rock. It was like active rock. You know, I listened to like Daughtry and Nickelback and like Incubus. Incubus was the first record I ever bought. I think it was Morning View, the album Morning View. And when I heard that, I like fell in love. I remember um, I had a friend and he would um, take me uh, in his car. We would go and he would turn on, you know, rock music. And I would just get so excited. I said, let's just go in your car and drive so I can listen to this music. (laughs) That's all I wanted to do. And so it really inspired me. It was definitely, it's, it's always been rock and it always has enough kind of incorporated it no matter what the genre is incorporated, like my rock flair to things.
1: Yeah. that That's really cool. And what about your life mission or people, some people call it mission or life message or mantra words. They live by whatever you can riff on that. What, what what is something that you sort of, live I think by? just
0: find finding your happiness in whatever it is. I don't think happiness is defined by like anything materialistic or anything um, that you physically hold. I think it just, it's, it's defined by like, what you do and like the person you are and like you what comes from you know within you and i think that's really the mantra that i live by it's like what can i do every single day to put a smile on my face and put a smile around everybody else's face around me whether it be someone i barely know whether it be my family my girlfriend um client whatever it might be It's just happiness 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 what makes you just feel good inside
1: that's my mantra for sure yeah that's awesome. I just sit back listening to this as a proud dad because mm-hmm. you know when you have kids, all five of our kids are awesome, um, and you know with hearing you know you speak like this as an adult, mm-hmm. it's like it's very gratifying. So tell us your story because I'll say it because you're not going to say it. Uh, Austin's a very successful. Uh, producer extraordinaire, that's all I'll say. Very successful. Uh, but let you tell your story, Austin. You know, like growing up, did you think I'm become a music producer? You yeah. Know, kind of what led to Oh up. yeah.
0: Yeah. So um grew up all out in the country, was doing just country things with my brother. <laughs> um uh I got a CD player um when I was like super young. he's actually my brother's, it was like one of those Watmans that you put a CD in. Um and I listened to Shania Twain, Keith Urban and um And then I gravitated when I kind of like got a little bit older. I started listening to the Incubus. I started listening to um, Nickelback, stuff like that, rock music. So I grew up with country and rock. Um, I started playing guitar when I was seven years old. Um, I had a band called Blue Raven um, at seven years old. I kid you not. We played in parades. We played like on floats, like on floats, like down the Main Street Drag, like the summer parade. Um, Fast forward a couple years, I started getting into more like songwriting um, and producing when I was around 14, 15 years old. And that's kind of where it like started really, really going in hard. I had a band um, uh, through age 16 all the way to age 19. And we uh, we wrote, I wrote my own song. We wrote all, all our own songs and, like, played live. We've played some big shows, some small shows. Um, I kind of got to, like, live, like, both li- lives of, like, t- you know, touring and then, like, also, like, writing songs and producing, and getting to be the creative as well. And then it just funneled into, like, now, you know, I moved out when I was 19. I remember I had $800. Um, I had, well, I had just enough money to put down the deposit for my home to rent. And then I moved out Had $800 and then I just moved to Nashville and then said, Hey, I want to, I want to, to produce music. That's what I want to do and, uh, produce music and write songs. And so I said, let's try, let's try this for a year. Let's go, let's move to Nashville where there's an industry. Let me try this for a year. And, and see what happens. And then the rest is history from there. It kind of just all funneled into this, you know, blossoming career and evolving career that I have now.
1: Yeah, it's an amazing story. Your mom and I are so proud. We were, we do remember, I think it was, uh, it was probably mid to late October when you informed us, hey, you know, you you did a couple of years at school and and you, you knew what you wanted. You wanted to try this thing out. And you were like, hey, in two weeks, I want to move to Nashville and see if make it happen. Yeah. And, and we were completely completely behind you. And, and, and so you all packed up the car as full as you could with all your stuff. And just with 800 bucks in your pocket, yeah. you know, you went off and, and made your dreams come true. It's a it's an amazing, amazing story. We're really, really proud of you. So let's talk music and digital. So, you know, historically, how has music evolved from a digital perspective? Um, well, I think it, it's, it, it's interesting. So like,
0: music there's different, there's two different ways music has evolved it's evolved like you know te- technically and then it's evolved generally like so i feel like the biggest ways music has evolved um that everyone kind of knows about now is when it comes to like listening to music and consuming music. I think it's evolved in ways of like, you know, you don't go to Walmart anymore or target and you go buy out, go out and like buy a CD. You open your phone, you open Spotify, you go to iTunes, you go to Apple music and you consume music that way. So it's so easy to just go and like, look up your favorite song and listen to it now. And that's the way everybody knows that it's evolved and that's the way it's going. That's the way it's going to continue to go no matter what. And then on the other, on the other side of things, like the creative aspects and, like going kind of like um touching into my job um it's evolved greatly in the recording way cuz like back then you know back in the day like when the beatles cut their record they were cutting that all straight to tape you know they didn't use anything digital yeah. um it's literally in the name in DAW like i use a program called uh pro tools and it's it's um it's a DAW which is called a digital audio workstation it's literally in the title digital and you're creating music Digitally, you're not creating it like like what they call analog. You're not recording to tape anymore. You're recording to a computer. And over the years now, like i I, I grew up in the age where I could make an entire song on a laptop in my room you know, I don't need a huge studio. I don't need a drum room. I don't need any of that. I can program drums. You know, they have these, these plugins now where you can program drums. You don't even need a real drum set. And it sounds exactly like a real drum set. You know, you have everybody fooled at this point. You can have acoustic guitars that are programmed. You can have bass guitar that are, that's programmed. Everything is all you can, you have everything, every tool that you need right here on like your laptop. And back then you needed a huge space. You needed, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars worth of gear because that was the only way to make music but it's evolved so much that you just need very minimalistic
1: amounts of gear nowadays yeah that's that's really interesting and it, it's made it's made music approachable to the masses in a yeah. sense like anyone could become a, a producer yeah you didn't need these gigantic uh studios and and, you know, like you said, you know, you know, $100,000 worth of recording equipment mm-hmm. or anything to, to record. That's that's pretty cool. Um, where do you think music's headed? Have you ever thought about where they might be headed digitally? Like it's, it's really evolved a yeah. lot per your comments. But where where do you think it might go? Next? Well,
0: um, it, it's it's funny. It's it's funny. So it's a double edged sword. So. Um, you know how music is now going like more so to the DSPs and it's in the, it's in digital is in DSP too. digital streaming platform. So Spotify is a DSP. Um, uh, Apple music is a DSP, uh, Google play, Amazon, all that stuff is their DSPs, digital streaming platform. You can just open up your phone, listen to a song, like I said. Um, and I think it's going to continue to funnel into that. Um, you, you can go on youtube you can watch your favorite artist play live play a you know a thing live you can go immediately when an artist like clicks like or sends out a link to like their tickets to buy tickets to their concert you can immediately just a couple clicks away from just getting tickets to their concert it's going to keep on going that way i say it's a double-edged sword because you know an artist nowadays can't make as much money as they did or easily as they did as you know you go out and buy a record from walmart you spend twelve dollars buying the entire record now every per stream per listen on on spotify is 0.005 cents so it kind of sucks in that way more easily everyone can it's more efficient at people can efficiently access your songs nowadays but you know they don't get paid as much but it's going it's more it's going towards that i think and, and then in the long run Creative-wise in the studio, you'll be able to, like, make an entire record on your Apple Watch or something like that. Or you'll be able to have, like, something like Alexa and be like, hey, Alexa, pull up, you know, the drums and, you know, program a drum part for me. Alexa, pull up an EQ and EQ this for me. And it'll just be – you won't even have to use, like, your hands. You'll just, like, just be talking and it'll it'll do it for you. It'll be very automated, I feel
1: like, a lot of things. And it already is going that way. So – we should take a step back because it just occurred to me not everyone might know what a producer does so give us a a sense of a, a typical week maybe because you probably wear a lot of hats as a producer yeah what What are some of the
0: things you do yeah so producer is literally like the production of the song like producing the song and making it come to life so you know an artist has a song they want to get it recorded i record I engineer, I produce it. I I put all the pieces together. You know, I get in with session players, or or just do it by myself. Play the guitars by myself. I program drums, make all the parts come together, and and kind of make just an just like a raw acoustic. Someone playing their acoustic guitar and singing. I make that turn it into an entire record with drums, with bass guitar, with guitars, with acoustic guitar. Put everything together, and then I put it all on my computer. I mix it all together, make sure everything's leveled and all that, and then put it on your phones. Go from Nothing like just this person that has a song they wrote all the way to your phones right in front of you. And it can play anywhere. It can play in the Walmart. It can play on the radio station. It can play in someone's, you know, iPod, uh, ear pods or whatever. So it just goes from that raw format and I help bring it to fruition to your hands.
1: Yeah. So I, I could come to you. I could have, I could be a decent singer and I've got a little ditty in my mind and and play some some music and sing along and then you could take it and then add all the orchestration. Yeah. Or whatever around. Yeah. It and really make, make it, make it make, it make sense. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. Um, yeah. I was going to ask you for your, your favorite song. that you ever produced, but I know it's mine that, Hey, there. Are yeah. My favorite song,
0: song uh, I've ever produced is by an artist, Ed Marks. And it was a lovely <laughs> song that he, uh, a rendition of another song. He wrote for his wife,
1: for his wife, which is my mom. <laughs> 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 that was a fun times. I, I always, I've got some other ideas in mind. We got to get together yeah. too. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the
0: the record, the entire 12 song album. <laughs> yeah,
1: that'll be fun. The you know sometimes when we bring in external guests, meaning external being non healthcare, we try to form uh, comparisons or, or best practices. Like, what can we learn from these other industries that and in, in bring it into healthcare? And so, it's just thinking about music industry, and you know what what I do in terms of digital in healthcare, and trying to think, what are some common things, or what are some ideas that you do in music today that might not be there in healthcare, or very not strong, you know? So, what are some of the practices that healthcare, I mean, music industry has done that healthcare hasn't yet, that maybe we can look to music and figure out its transition? You know, I think as a whole, it's like being being
0: malleable, so music is always changing like constantly. It's like, it's like always on edge, you know, being, being malleable and being able to adapt to those changes. Like someone's like, man, I don't want to go to Walmart and buy the record. I want to have it on my phone. I want to be able to look up a phone. I want to be able to Shazam a phone, uh, Shazam a song and say, Hey, uh, uh, let me listen to this right now. I think taking, taking that in consideration and saying like, Hey, look how like quick they move in the, in the ways they're able to adapt in order to make the consumer have have more access, you know, to, to what's being produced. And I think like in healthcare, it's like being able to like do anything you can to just keep the ball rolling and make like patients feel very comfortable and make patients feel like um, things are getting done efficiently and, and just create an environment that's like, that moves forward, like constantly. I think just the general like principle is, is what you can take from, from music. As a whole.
1: Yeah. No, that that's really good, Austin. Mm-hmm. That that's powerful because actually that's probably the biggest obstacle in healthcare, in my opinion, is we're so slow to adapt and change. And and, and yeah, kudos to the music industry for the pivot uh, they made, especially with the streaming and things like that. And and the other one that you mentioned, which I think is really big and we're slowly getting it in healthcare, is personalization. So if you think of Spotify, and even Apple does this now. Uh, so if if you tell Spotify, hey, I like uh, I like Rod Stewart, they're going to serve me up other artists that sound like or other music that sounds like Rod Stewart. So so the stream now is personalized to me mm-hmm. as a consumer, or, and we need to do the same thing in healthcare. We need we need to stream very personalized clinical information to uh, the person based on you know their past mm-hmm. interests, the things that they're interested in. And those two things right there are, are just huge monumental shifts that of things we can learn from, from music and bring into healthcare. It's just, uh, it's just fascinating how, how many different things there are like yeah. that. So Austin, if you suddenly were become CEO, you got some great health systems out there in Nashville. Yeah. They're like, let's just take Vanderbilt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they're like, Austin, Sean, you're such an awesome, uh, producer of records and help transform recording industry and we want you to do the same thing for healthcare. If you're I mean, if I were to put you on the spot here, you're now the CEO. Yeah. What what might be one or two things that you might
0: Well do? I wanna say like be doing exactly what you're doing <laughs> <laughs> yeah. putting I think putting tech at the forefront and always looking at like what the next digital move you can make to help people get the best treatment, you know, like Efficiently as possible, because the ultimate goal, like like I said, like my mantra is to make people happy. The ultimate goal is to make people happy. And I feel like if you have technology, you know, like some sort of system that can help make sick people get better, faster, more efficient and more efficient treatment and not be sick, it'll make your life easy as, as a care provider and it's yeah. a win-win for for everybody because you know they get sat, they're satisfied because they got treatment they got it fast they got it very good and you're able to utilize technology to both of your advantages you can move forward as a healthcare provider they can move forward with their life as a consumer of your products or a patient of, of you and so I think yeah. putting putting technology at the forefront, and like I said, being malleable and being like, hey, what what what's the next move? What what can we do to make these digital systems move forward? What can we do to like, you know, just get to the bottom, get from point A to point B the quickest way possible, but the most efficient way possible, and and um, give the service that like every human deserves that comes through your doors. You know what
1: I mean? Yeah. No. No. Totally. And then and then like we said, compounding that with The whole personalization and making medicine personalized uh, would really, you know, make a difference today. We we just give, generally speaking, we we treat every patient the same. So if you have a headache, making up this example, you're going to get Tylenol. But we all know that Tylenol only works for, you know, a subset of the population. But if we knew more about you and we'd know based on your genetics or based on previous uh, responses to Tylenol, that we're like, hey, when it's Austin Shaw, we don't want to give Tylenol, we want to give Advil. Yeah, just things like that. some of this stuff is so basic, but we just don't, we just don't do it. Yeah. Uh, so, those are really good, good things. All right, so I always like to ask guests this question, you know, because we covered, you know, we talked a lot about the music industry, and we just sort of pivoted on digital and healthcare and what healthcare can learn from music. So. There may be something else that we didn't cover that you might want to uh, talk about, or maybe something ready to talk about, uh, but taking it to another level. So I kind of leave it open to you. Like, what are and again realizing your audience here are these chief digital officers, you know, from big insurance companies or small insurance companies, and and hospitals and health systems and practices, as well as uh, pharma and life sciences and med tech companies. Uh, anything else, Austin, that you'd want to share from your perspective, whether it's as a just a, a consumer or as a music producer? Um,
0: I I think I kind of already covered a lot of it, and like, and, um, I think just being able to to adapt to to the evolution of both of both uh, yeah. realms and in both industries, you know, trying to tie music together with healthcare. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think just just being open, you know, open to like innovation. And open to like, yeah. you know, this is the way things are going, and adapting to that. Like, for example, like I use I use certain plugins now. Plugins are like things that you can use. Um, it's basically taking a real like unit and then putting it into your computer to where you can use. It's like it's it's like mimicking um, the the actual unit in real life. I use a lot of those to help create uh, make keep me be creative, you know, on my toes. If I'm in a co-write, I want something fast. I want something to move it. I don't want to lose. I don't want to be thinking too technical. I want the technical to just be there. And I want to keep creativity at the forefront and keep moving. And I think like in healthcare, it should be the same thing. I don't think you should have to think about tech and, and, and get so wrapped up in it. I think you should get it down to a science where you have it it's already set in stone and you have this kind of template where you just run forward yeah. and you move forward, you get from, you get, you find solutions and you move forward and, and being open to that and open to like inviting tech technology and inviting those opportunities to help move every, every single aspect of every industry forward.
1: Yeah. So it becomes, the tech really becomes ubiquitous. It's just part of the fabric of the yeah. organization. So it's not even a question. Yeah. And yeah, cause you know, as you were, as you've been making that point, I just think about, how in music it's probably something that you need to constantly evolve because if you don't your competitor another label will another producer oh, yeah. will another band will. oh yeah oh uh, yeah and so that competition helps spur that innovation and keeps you you know on your toes where we we don't we haven't historically had that uh, quite as uh, sharply as you do in in the music industry it's changing now and that's part of the reason for the podcast you know we now have retail coming in and we love retail so we're, it's not a negative on on retail but we now have you know uh walmart coming into healthcare we now have amazon coming into healthcare uh and then when we think of ph- uh retail and pharma yeah. with cvs walgreens and yeah and so there's all this competition now and they tend to be more digitally advanced than some of the legacy like you can think of as a label yeah. like we have this legacy label of these big hospital systems or hospitals and and it, now it's a matter of survival mm-hmm. so Again, one of the reasons we bring in outside guests like yourself talking about, in this case, music, is that's how music industry has evolved, and that's how competitors set themselves apart from others. And we have to, we have to lay hold of that same sort of thinking and passion, uh, Austin, like you're describing. Yeah,
0: I think it's to important care. to to remain relevant. Um, you yeah. You don't want to ever become like a like a well, like washed up. You know what I mean? Uh, in in simpler yeah. terms. Uh, I think you always want to have an edge and having that edge is being able to adapt to, you know, what's to come thinking five years into the future. And I do the same thing, too, as a creative. I think like, you know, what can I do? Like, how can I how can I create artists, you know, and help them help them, you know, evolve into like what the next gen, what the future of music is going to be? What can I do that's unique? you know, what can give me an edge, what can keep me relevant, what can keep me like here and keep, you know, people knocking down my doors to like, you know, become the next generation of music and leave that legacy. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah, totally. Hey, this has been a great conversation, not only because I get to talk to my son, which I talk talk to quite frequently, it's always great uh, to have additional opportunities. Plus, on a professional level, it's pretty cool for to be a dad doing that. So uh, Austin, thank you so much for being our guest and your insights have been very, very, very helpful. So uh, thank you, keep producing great stuff. We'll see you up on the Grammy stage (laughs) uh, someday. soon. Of course,
0: awesome. Love you, dad. Hi, this is John Lynn from the Healthcare IT Today podcast. If you like the latest rumors, insights, and happenings in healthcare IT, you'll enjoy hearing my colleague Colin Hung and myself debate and share the latest happenings from the world of healthcare IT. Find the latest episodes or dig into our archive at healthcareittoday.com or search for Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcast application or YouTube. When it comes to healthcare technology, we love this stuff. And we can't wait to have you join in on the discussion of everything health IT. Thank you for listening to Digital Voices Podcast with Ed Marks. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe on your preferred streaming service and leave a rating and review.
1: And most importantly, thanks again for listening.